who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Why are you laughing? Because every time I say explore, it's like explore because I I don't know why I can't enunciate that part. Yeah. It's like I can talk like a perfectly normal human being until I sit down Where to record. we explore the world. Yeah. our own personal feminist perspective. Which, listen, I think lisps are cute. My friend Bessie was like freaking out because she didn't know she had a lisp and her mom brought it up and I was like, uh, Jennifer Aniston got the part of Rachel having a lisp. It's endearing. I think it's cute. Um, I think it's cute too. I'm totally not making fun. Yeah, of Yeah, we're not. We're not making fun of your speech no. impediment if you have one. I'm just saying, I for some reason can never say that. And now people are gonna like listen to old episodes and be like, "Yeah, she does kind of." I've never noticed lisp that with that you out. Um, all right. Well, welcome to a mini episode. Mini episode where we talk about some things that are in the news. I feel like I've been so out of it with like the holiday. Yeah. I just have been. I've seen things, but I haven't gone into them, and so I kind of got to do that today a little bit. I really have one big one, and then one better kind of light one that I don't have a lot of info on. But the one big one I think will take a considerable amount of time. So yes, it's we probably, probably have okay. the same thing. Probably. Probably. Migrant crisis? Yeah, and the tear gas. Yes. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about this. Let's do it. So over the weekend, uh, the caravan arrived. So for a long time before the midterms, Trump was kind of using this as like a fear-mongering tactic to say that there were thousands of immigrants that were coming for our borders and they were going to, you know, rush at our borders and what that meant and all that stuff. And there was a caravan of migrants, asylum seekers, who were coming towards our border and they did arrive over the weekend. So it's been a mess. There were already people at the San Isidro border camped out near this, like, sports complex, Uh and they were all trying to apply for asylum because the Trump administration had said, 
you guys can come here, but you need to go through these like designated entry points, and right. you have so they're to trying to go about go about it in the right way, right? And you have to go through this like legal process, which is already problematic for reasons that we will talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um. So the problem with this is that there were about five thousand people at the border to go through this process. It they only allowed like a hundred applications or something like that. Yeah, that's per a lot of day. people. Right per day, so a hundred or less. And 5,000 people are there. They are also all camped out in this, like, sports arena where there are only, like, two bathrooms. The living conditions are very bad. They have children there. They have old people there. So it's a really difficult situation. Right. So uh, protests began to take place over the weekend about the speed at which the applications were being processed. Yeah. However, although there were quite a few protests... Those who started antagonizing the Border Patrol agents and those who started kind of pushing through this, like, opening in the uh, border were really only about, like, 30 to 40 people. Yeah. It was not that many people. And also, they're frustrated. Yeah. (laughs) They're seeking asylum from dangerous situations. They've been stuck at this place forever. Uh, for how lo- do you know how long they were there for? I mean, I think different lengths of time. There yeah. was a large caravan that just arrived, and then there were people already at the border. So okay. it was kind of like a considerable amount, amount of time. time. And I mean, it sounds like awful living condition- conditions. Any amount of time would be awful. Right. Bad living conditions. And also, I was going to get to this later, but it's already a problem because the Trump administration is essentially changing the rules on them. Because it used yeah. to be that you could... Any way that you got into the United States, you could seek asylum. Right. If you were seeking asylum, you just had to set foot on American soil and seek asylum that way. Yeah. So they've already made it more difficult than I'm sure these people were expecting. Right. And then making them and their families kind of sit in these terrible living conditions right. after this long journey for who knows how long and yeah. then still making it difficult for them to like have their applications accepted and yeah. everything to manage to get to the other side. Right. So... About 30 or 40 people uh, started antagonizing the Border Patrol agents. They were throwing rocks and things like that. And the Border Patrol agents threw tear gas at them. So I kind of focused a lot on the whole tear gas thing. I was reading a HuffPost article about it. And um, they are saying that the Trump administration was telling everybody that pelting children seeking asylum with tear gas is perfectly fine. The Trump administration and conservative commentators assured the public on Sunday, it's natural. You could actually put it in your nachos and eat it. Which is the fucking... I listened to that clip and I'm like, why? Yeah. Well, and also, don't say nachos. That's what I mean when I say why. But also... (laughs) This should not have to be stated. Well, and then Border Patrol Foundation President Ron Colborn falsely claimed in a Fox News interview about the gas. That's the person who was saying it. And then HuffPost goes on to say, tear gas is not edible. You should not put it on your nachos. It is a chemical agent known as a lacrimator from lacrima, which is a Latin word for tear, that causes eyes to well. Uh, mucous membranes membranes to burn, throats to constrict. It is meant not just to smother, but to confuse, to intimidate, and terrify. It provides a useful smokescreen for governments that want to suppress popular movements, whether that means civilians protesting police brutality or refugees seeking safe harbor. And then it kind of goes back into um, talking about the civil rights era and a lot of other times that tear gas has been used. And it was interesting to me because it does kind of create 
a shield where you can kind of get away with this really damaging um, substance. And it's been linked to long-term respiratory damage, blindness, and even death. And then with women, it can cause miscarriages and um, fertility issues. Uh, Right, yeah. The chemicals in tear gas can have adverse effects, um, cardiac effects, respiratory effects, neurological effects, uh, and it can cause arrhythmia and death. So it is not safe. I listened to that clip and he was basically like, it's organic, so yeah. it's fine. And it's just like, no, nah. an, an organic poison yeah. is still not okay. Yeah, It's still not good for you and it shouldn't have to be there's no reason why this should have to be highlighted to people, right. but unfortunately, in the times that we live in, we need to explicitly say, tear gas, bad. Bad. Um, did you see what Geraldo said on Geraldo. Fox News? Is it Geraldo? Yeah, Geraldo. Oh, I always say Geraldo. My um, bad. But he No, he's was a piece like, of shit. You don't have to pronounce his name right. But he was, like, standing up for these people. He was like, this is awful. And the other Fox News guy was like, no, no, no. And then he said something, and the other Fox News guys is like, that's racist. And, like, he didn't say anything. He, they were trying to, like, stir things up. And, like, yeah, the- Geraldo was actually not for it. Yeah, I mean, good. That means yeah. he has a shred of humanity. Geraldo's yeah, Bernie Sanders still posted it on a piece, his Instagram. Yeah, Geraldo's still a piece of shit. He's yeah. a bad person. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, I'm glad that he is not for children being tear gassed. Right. Because if you see... It that is photo really, that it, everyone has seen. There's My more God. than just a photo. There's, yeah. like, videos. Yeah. And it's really hard... It, it's really hard for me to comprehend that these people on the right, these Fox News pundits, et cetera, et cetera are still so flippant right, about because, this. Because they can't flip they can't flip the other way. They have to stay adamant on their side or else they would lose their integrity. Right. So let's let's um on along that line, let's talk about what fucking Tommy Lor- uh, Laren t- uh, tweeted. Again, this, who cares how her name is pronounced? Yeah, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, I don't care how her name is pronounced. But anyway, we all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Fucking blonde Fox News Barbie said, bum-rushing the border is a choice and has consequences. Watching the USA finally defend our borders was the highlight of my Thanksgiving weekend. Fuck you. Prayer hands, prayer hands, prayer hands. Fuck you. What a shitty person. What a shitty person. The highlight of your weekend was watching mothers with small children run barefoot away from a cloud of tear gas. Yeah. That was the highlight of your fucking weekend. You soulless monster. monster. You're a monster. It's unbelievable to me that you can have such it's scary and unbelievable to me that you can have such a lack of empathy for other human beings and no one wants to talk about what they're seeking asylum from like what whatever you feel about our need to protect our borders yeah to say that they deserve right no empathy i mean i just always think back to like the holocaust survivors and them seeking refuge and it's like everybody like i just remember always learning that you want to be on the right side of history right and you're always like oh i would have helped them i would have taken them in but then it's like we're in these situations all the time still this is not an old problem this isn't just an isolated incident it's still happening and here's the thing we didn't take them in we didn't we did not take in people seeking asylum during world war ii no we you know and like so I think we need to understand that for all the back padding we do as Americans is like, oh, we did all this good stuff. And like, you know, there's still a lot of things we did wrong. There's a lot of things we did wrong and are continuing to do wrong. Yeah. And that's what fills me with so much like sadness. Yeah. Because clearly we don't learn shit from history. Like we don't learn anything and we continue to make the same mistakes 
over and over again and to watch people just make excuses as to yeah. why children and elderly people are being put in this situation and tear gassed while we were all sitting around our table talking about what we're thankful for and eating turkey, yeah. this was happening. Yeah. You know? And then for you to say while you're doing that in your privileged, privileged life, right. that that was the highlight of your Thanksgiving weekend. You're a monster. You're a monster. You're a monster. That's awful. And it, it makes me wonder, like, I know it's like a, you know, corny thing to say to say, like, how does this person sleep at night? But I true, I truly do wonder, like, what kind of mental On gymnastics... On a bed of money? Yeah, I mean, that is what it is. It is what it is. It's like, you're saying whatever you need to say to make money, but truly, are you some kind of sociopath or some kind of person who lacks all conscious? Because... Seems like it. I can, I can do a lot of things and justify a lot of shit if I'm getting um, rewards for it, if I'm making money for it. I get that. I do. Like, as a human being, I understand that we can justify a lot of things but to ourselves. But that's just above and beyond, too. Like, the things that she says are so... Right. Ludicrous. It's it's like Ann Coulter. I feel the same way. I'm like, are are do you ever lay in bed at night and think about these people? And the answer is probably no. They're comfortable. They're safe. There's no they're privileged. There's no reason for them to have to think about any of those things because it doesn't affect them directly. Well, and I do think that they do the I, I agree with you. I think that that's a big part of it. I think that they don't think about what these people are fleeing or what their daily lives look like. No one wants to fucking get up and uproot your life and leave your home Yeah, to go on this journey. America's not that great anymore, no. you guys. Like, it's not like anybody wants to come here. They're just trying... I mean, it's better than where they were coming exactly. from. But nobody, even if it's a shitty place, very few people are eager to leave everything they know and their home behind unless something bad was happening. Exactly. You know... So there's just a complete lack of empathy or able to relate to these people at all. Yeah. And then I also think another part of that is just the, again, the mental contortionism that they're doing as far as trying to justify why it's okay. Like, she used the word bum rush for a reason because she wanted to picture it as something very violent um, that warranted this kind of response. Right. And then another thing you're going to hear on the right a lot that we can kind of clear up right now is... I've seen it on my Facebook, on other people's Facebooks, where they're saying, well, Mexico offered them asylum, so Mexico wasn't good enough for them, so they needed to come to America. Because Mexico did offer a lot of these people asylum. Yeah. Like, when they were making their way through Mexico. However, the way that they did it was a hundred armed officers in SWAT gear stopped the caravan and offered them asylum. That's scary. Which is fucking scary. It's not yeah. like this like warm, wonderful, feel-good well, thing. They were in riot gear, and there was no guarantee that after they were granted asylum that they wouldn't be sent back. Right. So, so they were like, no, we're going to keep we're going to keep going. destination. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't this thing that they were just like, um, sorry, I don't want to be in Mexico. Yeah. I want to go to the United States. Mexico is not good enough for me. That, that wasn't the case. Yeah. And that's what they make it sound like a lot of the time. Yeah. And um, so I just think we as a human species need to develop a little bit more empathy and compassion for people because what the fuck? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I I was just, like I said, I did a lot of, like, reading about tear gas and things like that and just, like, its role through history. And it, like you said, it's very true that we really haven't learned a thing and we are just digressing. Like, we're just completely allowing 
all of these horrible things that have happened through history just to happen again. Yes. And I also want to point out that this tear gas is not even used in military situations. Yeah. Um, so now imagine that being used on literally your grandma. Yeah, or and it says, your little brother. No country is legally obligated to keep records of its use of tear gas or the number of deaths or injuries resulted from e- from its use. And government agencies aren't keen to release such data. So they like don't. There's no consequences for it. They don't have to keep track of the people injured or dead. It's just yeah. kind of like oh, it's it's this kind of like weird get out of jail free card. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So that's something terrible that's happening that we are keeping our eyes on. Yeah. Just to see what's going to happen with that. I mean, Trump also said that he's so fucking stupid. He also said that he was considering just shutting down the border altogether, which even Fox News had to be like, uh, you can't do that. You can't do that. You, that's not what you can do. That's not a thing you can do. You cannot shut down the border between the United States and Mexico. Right. That is not something you can do. Nope. So, so uh, last week I talked about Ivanka Trump's personal email account. I'm going to give you guys a little update because now Ivanka has kind of spoken up about it. She says that the use of her private of her private email account while working at the White House had no connection to Hillary Clinton's email scandal. And then she says, people who want to see it as the same will see it as the same. But the fact is, we all have private email and personal emails to coordinate with our families. We all receive content to those emails, and there's no prohibition from using private email as long as it's archived and as long as there's nothing in it that's classified. She claims the emails contain nothing to do with the government work, but Ivanka has sent hundreds of emails to White House aides, officials, and her assistants using her private email account while transitioning into her government role as her father's advisor from roughly March to September of 2017. And um, this person, Peter Merhanian... I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) He says, while transitioning into government until the White House provided her the same guidance they had to others who started before she did, Miss Trump sometimes used her private account, almost always for logistics and scheduling concerning her or scheduling concerning her family. So and he is in charge of like the spokesperson for the Ethics Council. So we can look at it like either they didn't set up an email for her, guys. She's new at the job. She's just waiting for her email to get set up. But the real issue here isn't, again, isn't that she has a private email account. It's the way that the discrepancies between the way that Hillary Clinton is continually treated over her emails and the way that Ivanka is being treated. Right. The problem is not necessarily that Ivanka Trump using personal email bad. Like, that's not necessarily the problem. It's getting traction, though, because of Trump's campaign. Yeah, the problem is that they vilified vilified Hillary and made such a big deal. But she's like, I didn't delete any of them, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, they're just pulling, they're grasping at straws, you know? They're trying to make any disconnection they can. I fucking hate Ivanka. Me too. I hate her because she to me is while well, you have Trump who is an obvious stooge villain. Yeah. Ivanka is a far more insidious, quiet villain. At times I'm your friend tries right. to kind of be in it. She's and a then, mean girl backstabber. Yeah. Is what she, she is. is. And she like is. that is far more scary because I think she's smart and I, I think, think she, she knows too. what she's doing. And I think she knows what she's a part of. And she, does. she can she can do I I 100% know she does because it was her and Jared Kushner who forced, pushed 
Trump to go and apologize, or not to apologize, but to give his condolences after the shooting in the synagogue. Right. So she's highly aware yes. of, one, optics, and two, compassion and humanity. Yeah. Like, she is aware of these things, and she and chooses to, to ignore them. Yeah, or she's choosing to be on the other side of it, on the bad side of it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think her, I think... I think her and Kellyanne Conway in particular, and to a lesser extent, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Sanders, because I do believe Sarah Huckabee Sanders believes her bullshit. Yeah. Um, But Kellyanne Conway and Ivanka in particular, I think the two of them are highly aware that what they're doing is not good and do it anyway because... Mm -hmm. Power and because money. Because it works for them. Yeah. yeah. It, it works to their benefit. So, yeah, I just want to give you a little update. Yeah, that's good. What's a lighthearted thing you have? Because I ain't got shit. Um, it's not totally lighthearted. In fact, I'm kind of like, mm, about it. Part of, Partly excited, but I don't know. Okay. Um, Beto O'Rourke is considering, reconsidering his position, um, whether or not to run in 2020. Right. Which, cool. Yeah. Like, I... I can't decide exactly how I feel about this because, yes, we're all super excited for Beto. He did something incredible in Texas, which was unlike anything we've ever seen. He also didn't take corporate funds whenever he was campaigning and still made, like, buku bucks for his campaign. Buku. Which is, again, fantastic. Yeah. Um, My only concern with him is, like, I watched some of his debates, and not that Uh they were not good, but I don't know that he is the most seasoned politician. Well, I I don't like to use the word politician either because I think we as a uh, Democratic Party need to move away from, like, the The pantsuit politician. politician, Which, I mean, but also, I mean, I'm not saying this as a good comparison, but Donald Trump had no experience, and (laughs) he's doing it. But I feel like he at least has more of an understanding of policy and Beto. Of, yeah yes, and, and more understanding of what's going on in the world and I feel like it's one of those things like you said where I don't see anything wrong with veering away from the typical politician politician mm-hmm. candidate yeah I am interested to see I think I think where my hesitancy comes from is I really want to see what else the Democratic Party has to bring to the table because right. right now I mean, it's very weird to think about that we're at the end of 2018. I know. So next year is really when it's going to start ramping up. I know. Can you believe it? It's crazy. It yeah. just feels like it's happened so fast. So the end of next year is really when it's going to start ramping up with with candidates. Yeah. And so I'm very interested to see what else the Democratic Party is going to bring right. to the table. I think we're off to a good start. Yeah. I think, I think if it comes down between Beto and a career politician... Fucking Beto. Because yeah. I heard that Hillary wants to run again, and I'm like, no. no. Bitch, Girl, stay away. Beat you down. Stay like, away. Yeah. You're going to fuck this up for us. Yeah. I love you, but please stay yeah. over there. Please. Yeah. We don't need you. Um, do good elsewhere. Do Thank good you. elsewhere. It's. I know you wanted to be president, and girl, you were robbed. We all agree. Totally robbed. We all agree. But we need to move away from that as a party. Yeah. So if it does come down between Beto and the Democratic Party pushing a career politician, even Joe Biden has said that he might run. I'm still Team Beto Yeah. if it comes down between those two. I think I would be the same. Yeah, because I think we need someone new. I think we need someone younger. I think we need someone outside of it, you know. Who's lived a, a different life yes. than just a more 
privileged career politician. I agree. Yeah. So it would be great. I think it's exciting Mm -hmm. that Beto is considering running. I think I am actually like kind of giddy. Like it feels a little like Christmas morning to like figure (gasps) out who unwrap the rest of the candidates. Yeah. Um, I think Kamala Harris has been on the table to run. Yeah. I love that idea. I would totally vote for Kamala Harris, but what scares me about that, and I understand that this is maybe a defeatist attitude, but she is not only a woman, but she is also a person of color and yeah. also an outspoken person. Yeah. And your misogynists and racists and shit are going to come out. what happened to Hillary. And look what happened. I mean, Obama won both of his terms, yeah. but it pushed all the racists out into the forefront yeah, and they sure came did. out in fucking droves. Yeah. So that's what makes me worried, unfortunately, for Kamala. Yeah, if it were up against, if it were her up against Trump, it would be scary. Oh, and that's the other thing that I heard that I don't have any notes on, but um, who was it? Roger Stone, that piece of shit. Roger Stone, who has known Trump for a very long time, said recently that he does not think that Trump will run in 2020. That would be great. It would be great. There's probably some other asshole that's waiting in the wings. Definitely. I mean, it would be great if Trump did not run in 2020, but uh, I was listening to the Daily Zeitgeist, and they were saying that and I agree that Trump's ego is such, the way his ego is set up, um, he won't be able to tolerate any backlash he gets for not running. Yeah. So he'll just be like, never mind. Never mind, I'm running. I'm I'm here, it's fine. I'm gonna run. Because he likes the adulation of being president. He just doesn't like everything else. So if his supporters are like, fuck you for not running, he might run. He could give in, yeah. So, yeah. Oy vey. Well... I think that's about it for our mini-episode. We haven't gotten any Sister Solidarity stories in a while or anything No, we like did get that. a positive um, message to our Facebook, so thank you we did. for that. I don't remember who that was from, but it, you know you. You know you. Thank you. You know you. Thank you. We're awful at remembering names. Um, yeah, but guys, please send in your stories. I'm going to remind you guys to send in your Ask Me Anything questions for our year anniversary. You've got like about a month and a half or so. And um, it can really just be anything that you think of, anything that you want to ask us. It's an ask me anything. It means anything. Uh, You can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. We are on Twitter at yampfpodcast, Y-A-N-F podcast. You can find us on Facebook. We have both a group and a business page. We've been getting some messages through there, although it's confusing. We do find them. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public if you feel so inclined. It gives us a couple cents every time you listen. It costs you nothing. Um, Rate and review, please. Rate and review us. Please, please, please. Makes our day. Makes our lives. Lots of smiles and good things. Yeah, and if you have... Oftentimes, Wednesday rolls around and we find ourselves being like, who should be our WCW? So if, yeah. you, if you have WCW recommendations, uh, Woman Crush Wednesday recommendations, send those our way. Yeah, like we did one today for the first time in a while, and I want to start doing those more. And I want to start doing Man Crush Mondays more, too. So if there's like an awesome feminist man that's doing something great in the world, like we want to hear about that, too. Um, your opinions and the things that you send us really mean a lot. We had, I had a girl from Germany. I think it was a girl from Germany yes, that messaged us. On and Facebook, she was yes. Talking about stealthing. And about how we could maybe do an episode about that. I thought that was cool. You know, we really, really do love the input and the um, ideas that you guys give us. They're always really great. So thank you and continue to do that. And with that being said, we encourage you. To rage on. Bye. Bye.
What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.